welcome back to a new year and a new episode of The Raving Geeks. I am one of your hosts, Steve Tiemann. I am your other host, Jordan Hermony. And we are coming to you the first episode of the semester with the with, with a bit of news and we're going to get into the Raving Geek Awards. We're all we're in our our finest dressed to the nines. I am in a tuxedo. We're here. Can't see me. I'm actually wearing Gucci right now. Yep. Gucci everything. And um yeah, no, New Year, same format, same hosts. Um, we're looking at a couple hits of news regarding um, a Deadpool TV show. Uh, uh, show ran, show run, show ran. What would be the proper English on that? Uh, I don't know. Being produced by. There, there you go. Produced um, by. Donald Glover and his brothers. We have a couple hits of news on. Um, what? What is this? The Justice League with the Snyder brothers? What's going on the, with that? The the rabid. Fans of Zack Snyder are were out in force in front of Warner Brothers because they are convinced there is a Zack Snyder cut of Justice League and they want to see it, even though multiple people have come out and said there is not a Zack Snyder cut. Okay, time. Stop. So I guess we're jumping straight into the news here because yeah. I, I messed up our segues. But so there people like legit protested in front of Warner Brothers. Yeah. Like, like, catch me up here. I have not heard about this. So. Yesterday I saw it on Facebook. It, it wasn't like a big crowd. There were maybe like 20 people and some of them were dressed like Wonder Woman and Batman and oh, weirdly Jesus. and weirdly Red Hood, even though Red Hood isn't in any of the DC movies. And they had this big sign yeah, that said, release, yeah, yeah, it <laughs> says, release the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League because they weren't happy with Justice League because Joss Whedon came in and finished after Zack Snyder had a horrible family loss. His daughter committed suicide, so he stepped though. away, obviously, yeah. because you totally would. So Joss Sweden stepped in, and we got what we got. I thought it was fine. A lot of hardcore DC fans did not like it, so they are convinced that there is a Zack Snyder cut out there, or they want Snyder to come back. And I don't know if, he, if they want, like, reshoots, or if they just want him to finish what he was working on, but... So where did this whole, like, idea that there is a Zack Snyder cut even come from? Honestly, because I've been I don't hearing, know. I've heard it before, yeah. where somebody was saying that there's like a four-hour-long Zack Snyder original cut of this movie, and like I've never actually been able to trace that back to any like valid source, yeah, exactly, like a vanity or an entertainment or something like that. Where it's like I've literally just seen it on like Reddit posts or like Tumblr yeah. posts or people just kind of like mouthing off on miscellaneous blogs, where it's yeah. like. Oh, like we when Justice League comes out on DVD, we need to see the Zack Snyder cut like attached to that, blah, blah, blah. And like I'm actually really curious if there is a root to that or like if that's just somebody who is like, hey, I'm going to be, you know, yeah, just a troll on the Internet and say that there is a cut of something that doesn't actually exist just to. I think part of it is like because BVS got one, Man of Steel got one, I think maybe didn't. But Suicide Squad also got like a longer cut. Mm hmm that the DC fans would go, okay, so the theatrical release wasn't great. Luckily, we're going to get a longer cut, and it's going to explain things and make it better, which it kind of did for BVS. But I didn't bother with the Suicide Squad one. I didn't even know there was one, so. So, so yeah. <laughs> so I've, I feel like they feel like that that's going to happen, even though multiple people, like there was a Ask Me Anything about like one of the VFX guys who worked on Justice League, and okay. they were like, oh my gosh, what are you working on? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm working on Aquaman. I did some stuff for Justice League. And then somebody asked him if there is a Snyder cut. They're like, no. Like it, he, he was and that a, would be a definitive yeah, source on def- the matter. Yeah he, yeah, he worked on the movie. He, Snyder was like, he left at the point where like, what he did was like set. Okay. And I don't know like the exact ratio of what's Snyder's and what's Whedon's on Justice League, but he still has like, quite a bit of influence on like the final I was gonna say I heard it was something it was like 60 40 yeah like so so, but you know so they were protesting like what became of that nothing I don't I think nothing they just eventually got told like can you please leave yeah just some people (laughs) making fun of just yeah just some people making fun of them on the internet that's fair because I don't know but something equally as hilarious but in a good way not in a in a cringe way um I mentioned this a little earlier. Donald Glover and his brother are actually set to sometime this year. There's no official drop date yet. Um, produce, write, um, and you'd be the showrunners of a Deadpool animated series. It's set to be 10 episodes. It's already been greenlit, and it's going to drop on FXX. So I'm hoping 
it might be something like an Archer style animated series. Yeah. Um, or at least that level of like they're not going to have to worry about any violence or language or anything because it's on it's on a network that airs Archer all the time. Right. So. No. And there hasn't been any definitive um, like announcements as to who's voice acting. Um they don't really know. There hasn't been any news on if Ryan Reynolds is affiliated with the project. Um, but uh, apparently a person on um, Donald Glover's show Atlanta, um, Zazie Beetz, has actually been cast in the actual live action Deadpool yeah, 2 Domino. as Domino. So the there was a couple comments on that where it was like, oh, like there might have been like some like while they were auditioning, she was auditioning for Domino or something like that. Maybe like talks there about like, oh, maybe you should try your hand at Deadpool. And Donald Glover has come out as a huge like comic book fan. He's been a big, big proponent of like Miles Morales. Yeah, or, he like, wanted to be Miles Morales like really a long time bad. ago. And he was in, um, what was he just in recently? He's, he was in yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, he's in Spider-Man as Miles Morales' uncle. Okay, he's so he is like, he is confirmed to be his uncle. Yes, um, in... Well, in his conversation with Peter, he mentioned something along the lines of, I have a nephew here. Mm-hmm. And then his name in the movie is Aaron Davis, who is the other identity of the Prowler, who is like a Spider-Man villain. He steals things, I guess. Okay. And then, I guess in the comics, the Prowler breaks into Parker Industries because it's when Peter Parker is rich. Right. And like a genius. And like a, a genetically enhanced spider sneaks into like his thief bag or whatever. Bites gets back his to his place, bites Miles. That's how Miles gets his powers. Okay. So Very cool. So who knows? There might be more of that. Um, but in the realm of Spider-Man, in the realm of Disney, in the realm of Fox, you want to take it away on this big hit of news? Yeah, Disney and Fox finally did it. They closed a deal. Fox basically offloaded all of their uh, film rights and properties to Disney. So Disney not only owns the X-Men and Deadpool and Fantastic Four like we've all been waiting for, they also own Alien, Predator, Kingsman, oh boy, what else? A number the, of huge, huge titles. The original uh, cuts of the Star Wars movies, like the the pre, before they were remastered, they own those. A lot of stuff is now under the thumb of Mickey Mouse. He's, he's putting <laughs> his big white he's, glove. He's putting film franchises in his big white glove, which doubles in an, as an infinity, infinity gauntlet. gauntlet. Yep. So. He punches you in the face, you just hear, oh, every time it hits you in the head. Yep. Um, so. I'm not going to lie. A lot of people I saw online were really, really excited about this, about like, oh, now like we can have all these crossovers. Like we have, um, a studio that has one, like perhaps uniform concept of, you know, we can maybe see this, uh, a more expanded civil war. We can maybe see like Marvel zombies. We can maybe see like a bunch of other stuff like that, but it makes me a little bit nervous because of not superhero related movies but any other like small time small picture yeah type of film that might want to come out that might want to be like an independent project it's going to be so much harder for them to gain traction or ground mm-hmm. and kind of avoid being eaten alive by this just media conglomerate right. that seems to be taking place i think disney now controls like 30 percent of the market i think with film and that's a little so, terrifying, yeah. honestly. And so it's looking like for a lot of independent projects, at least, that like Netflix has kind of been like the new way to go. Where mm-hmm. if you have a show or a movie idea and you are very um, concerned with keeping like the integrity of your initial idea, it seems like Netflix or like Amazon. I saw Amazon uh, the other night at the Golden Globes. A couple of their shows won uh, or at least actors or actresses on their shows won some awards. Um, but yeah, no, that kind of makes me a little nervous. And that kind of makes me curious about like the future of the movie industry, where is Disney going to be, you know, the Pac-Man that's just going to eat all the little ghosts and dots, uh, along the playing field of the entertainment industry, or, you know, are we going to see them stop here? I doubt it, but are we going to see some type of legal action arise? Um, on that, um, the deal like has to be it has to go through the justice department to because they um when big things like this happen they have to look at it for any like violations of antitrust laws and if it if it does qualify as too much of like a monopoly so it's not completely set i f- i feel like at least the marvel stuff is more set because i feel like if the justice department says hey disney this deal isn't great mm-hmm. you need to cut some stuff off of this they'll be like okay well the marvel stuff is non-negotiable we're keeping that Hopefully, okay. but I don't know anything about business 
or the inner workings of Congress. <laughs> right, right. So, so, but I mean, as it stands, the Marvel stuff I'm ambivalent towards in the sense that, you know, if the deal goes through, then the deal goes through. And if it doesn't, then I'm sure, you know, we'll work something out. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm just kind of keeping my eye on like, I really enjoy some independent pictures that came out this year or, mm-hmm. you know, some smaller releases. Yeah, like and, smaller studios, like yeah. A24 and stuff like that. Right. And so I'm just nervous for the sanctity of them. But moving on to our main hit of uh, our main segment, as you will, last night was, or I guess when this comes out, it will have been Sunday night, yep. where the Golden Globes yep. um, was a big night in Hollywood. So we are doing our own uh, Golden Geek Awards. Yep. Um, we have our best in show, our worst in show, our best comic book adaptations, worst CGI, and what we feel, we have a couple of others in there, but we're just going to take it away. We'll give you our top hits. Um, uh, we'll explain why we will try not to give any spoilers. Although at this point it's 2018. So, right. you know, maybe you should hop on. Don't be too some concerned if we say what happens in Logan or something like that. <laughs> but I will let you take it off for best in show. Uh, Steve, what do you feel? So my best of 2017, it was far and away. It was Logan, but then I watched Blade Runner 2049 last night. I was like, that was pretty good too. So I gave them both the win. Logan in terms of like, it just, it was really good. Uh, I just enjoyed all the, like the Hugh Jackman stuff. Patrick Stewart's great in it. Mm -hmm. And it's like a really, just like, it's more of like a grounded superhero story in like a time where it's a lot of big things crashing into other big things it was just like a smaller story i just i don't know i i'm not good at uh what's the word i'm looking for wow there's a lot of dead space in here um (laughs) it was good i liked it it was really good I enjoy. I wish like I am not a critic. I wish that actual Golden Globe like speeches went like that, where yeah. it's like I had fun working on this movie. It was good, and I liked it. Okay, thank you, Nicole Kidman. Please get off the stage. Um, for my best in show, um, uh, I'm gonna be a little more off the beaten path. Well, I guess not off the beaten path, but um, not a comic book film. I'm gonna go with Baby Driver as being my best in show. Um, completely blew me away the first time I saw it. Didn't know. Really what I was expecting walking into that film, uh, I was told it involved um, music and car chases, and I'm not a huge car chase person. Mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious franchise, I am just oh, we'll get to that. completely just eh towards most car racing films, any car racing films. I'm typically just like, meh. But it seemed to have a really standout cast. Um, this was before we knew Kevin Spacey was a sexual predator, so um, or an alleged sexual yeah. predator of young uh, boys. So I'm a little more eh, towards this movie now. I unfortunately have not. I remember talking with my boyfriend where I was like, I'm so excited. I want to buy it. Like, this is going to be like a must have in our DVD collection. And now, like, every time we go to the grocery store, he and I just kind of like look at Baby Driver and we're like, Mm. We're like, we're not going to spend our own money on it, but if somebody gets it for us for our <laughs> birthday or like his birthday, my birthday, because we don't share a collective birthday. But like, yeah, if it just happens into our DVD collection, like I'm not going to say no, but. So. He gets hit by a car in it, though. Yeah, so he gets fine. run over and it's like really malicious in it. Like, so, spoiler alert, not spoiler alert. Kevin Spacey's character so does, he, in fact, get his head smashed in by the back tire of a car. So if uh, that suits your fancy, it also feels really out of place in the movie. Yeah. Like, of like the kind of poppy. So for those of you who don't know, Baby Driver uh, focuses around Ansel and Elgort. Ansel Elgort? Some, yeah. Char- yeah, anyways, a lot of vowels. Um, his character, Baby, who suffers um, a hearing, uh, not loss, but it's he like has tinnitus. like a tinnitus type of thing from a car crash when he was younger, serves as the getaway driver for a number of heist teams, and his big thing is to combat his tinnitus, he listens to music, and he sets his getaway drives that he plans to his own soundtracks that plays on his iPod. Um, very interesting different take uh the music is centered around oldies tracks um a lot of 50s 60s tracks um and some 70s and 80s too but absolute just amazing use of soundtrack in that film and i was blown away the first time i saw it so that is my best of i suppose that could also double as my uh best original but i do have a a best original for you but we will segue into our worst though so yeah speaking of car chases 
So I know that there are movies that came out that are worse, like Geostorm and Transformers 5 and Pirates <laughs> 5, but I didn't see any of those. But I was dragged to Fate of the Furious this year. It's by really called The Fate of the Furious? Fate of the Furious, yeah. Is it like the end of the franchise? No. <sighs> okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes host of the show, Bryce, dragged me to it because he loves these. Like, and it's one of those, like, it, you just turn your brain off and enjoy it. It's a guilty pleasure I movie. I can't for him, I guess. But it's just, it's just. <laughs> just the complete just, apathy and anger that just overcame your face. Where you're like, sat, for him. I just sat there with my head in my hands. I was like, I paid $9 for this. It's so bad. <laughs> and it's like, Vin Diesel is saved by the power of family at the end. He's running around oh looking like an egg in a vest. He should be dead. <laughs> Like, I've never heard him described as uh, that. Just Holy the worst. God, that's everyone, so funny. Everyone in that movie, except for The Rock and uh, Jason Statham, the little prison fight sequence is all right. That's the only thing I liked in that movie. Kurt Russell's okay, I guess. Scott Eastwood does nothing, which bums me out because <laughs> he's good in things sometimes. He's just ugh, no good. No good. No good. No good at all. No. Um. So I'm going to say for my worst... Um. So I saw, I talk about this a lot. I've seen a number of like big American releases only in Russian. Okay. Um, so I'm going to have to go with my worst being actually, and I know a lot of people were like, it wasn't that bad. I'm going to go with my worst being Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay. Like of the movies I've seen this year. So I haven't seen Pirates, haven't seen Geostorm or, yeah. you know, Fate of the Furious. I... I was telling you this earlier before we started recording, but, like, movies I know off the bat that just, like, I know I'm going to walk in there and it's just basically going to be, like, if I burned my $10, this would be more enjoyable than what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. I just straight up won't see them. Like, eventually, maybe, like, a group of friends and I will, like, find a stream of it or, you know, somebody somewhere will have, like, drunkenly bought it on a dare and so it's like okay i guess i'll watch a fast and the furious movie but i've never been in like a hunkering to go see a movie that's so bad that like i get no pleasure out of it i think the last time i did that i was like 14 and it was the it was some movie about a drug cartel i don't even remember what it was but um yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, saw saw it in Russian, maybe is a part of the reason why I don't like it. <laughs> and it's a point of pride now that, like, I haven't seen it in English um, because my boyfriend the other night was like, oh, yeah, maybe we should just watch it. And I was like, no, no, I didn't like it. I felt like the plot was contrived. I did uh, follow and, like, understand it, but the jokes didn't translate well into Russian, so yeah. I was just kind of like, meh. I was like, that was okay. But I just felt like it, like, tried really hard to be the first movie that, while yeah. not being the first movie. And it just didn't do it for me. It just didn't do it for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it, but... It was good, right. but it just wasn't... It's hard to eh. recap. Okay, because the first one was like this lightning in a bottle type thing. Like nobody right, it was had, nothing that no one Disney had ever, had ever done of, before. Yeah, no yeah. one had ever heard of Guardians of the Galaxy. James Gunn knocks it out of the park, and everyone's like, wow, I can't wait for the second one. Second one comes, and it's like, it tries to do the same thing. But some of the jokes don't land, and it's just like... It felt like it was almost like trying too hard. It was like, exactly. how many references can we sneak into this movie? Yeah, and it was and like, it just didn't feel authentic. And or... it's like poop jokes, and like everyone's laughing way too hard at their own jokes. Like, if you, you ever watch the Honest trailer for it? Yeah. And it's like a 30-minute cut of just everybody just like howling with laughter in the movie. And then it cuts to like a really cheesy laugh track. Yeah, no. Like... I just, yeah. Jeff, Jeff, uh... What's his? That's Jeff Bridges. Who is Kurt his Russell. dad? Kurt Russell. See, okay, whatever. But they're <laughs> the same person, basically. Um, the aging was good. Yeah. No, honestly. <laughs> um, but no, his character was just like. Eh. He's Unity from Rick and Morty. Basically, yeah, he's Unity with a beard. Mm. Yeah. No. So I don't know, and just like the whole explaining of like. Star Lord's powers and like you knew from the be- you knew from the first one that like he wasn't fully human. Right. Like it was always hinted at that. But like I almost would have like liked to have settled for like in this uh version of Guardians of the Galaxy, like we're always teased with that, like, oh like you're something more, but like never really given that mm-hmm. like resolution. Whereas like I felt it was very like ham fisted where it was like, I like to go around and like just like make these children and it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm kind of uncomfortable. So but Meh. It was eh. My other one that was up there 
Kingsman Two was not a fan. Yeah, I should have put in. Fan. I should have put in Biggest Disappointment because that one would have been mine. That, honest to God, Biggest yeah. Disappointment, probably Kingsman yep. Two. Um, so that was also up there with like, gah, just, like just wait, just wait. It's is it out on DVD now? Maybe. Maybe I don't know. I don't care. Is the bigger problem? Watch it online. Yeah. So first one again knocked it out of it's the great. park. Yeah. Lightning in a bottle. Second one. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> moving on to our best comic book movie. Um, I am very indecisive. This one also tied. So Logan, I I know is a comic book movie, but Spider Man Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok both felt more like actual comic book movies. They were fun. They did the thing that I like with Marvel movies, where they combine a comic book movie with another thing. Spider Man Homecoming was a cool like high school, uh, coming of age story. And it kind of felt like a John Hughesy type thing. And then Thor was like a comic book movie and also like this crazy space buddy comedy thing with Thor and the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And Taika Waititi is my favorite. So that oh, one he's had fantastic. To, he's just amazing. So both of those really good. Kept me invested in the MCU. I'm going to have to agree with both. you on Thor being the best comic book movie. Um, recently I've been pretty like routinely disappointed with most Marvel films where it's just kind of like it's so formulaic at this point where it's like the writing is pretty good. The casting is pretty good. But then it's just it's like. There's no difference to me between movie X and movie Y. It's like, okay, right. it's like just translate the setting and you have the same film. Again, Taika Waititi really put his own sort of spin on uh, Thor, and I I loved it. I loved Jeff Goldblum's character. Oh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum was, I read somewhere, it was like a, a Tumblr post was like, Jeff Goldblum wasn't actually playing, like, the Grandmaster. It was just Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum. He, he, was, he was himself. They're like, okay, Jeff, just imagine you're in space. What would you do? All right, cool. Cool. Yeah, I know. And that that was really what killed it for me was yep. just Jeff Goldblum and just his, like, he would just pop into a scene and just, like, throw a little spice on it. And Chris Hemsworth had room to, like, flex his comedic chops, which I really appreciate. Yeah, he actually has good comedic timing. Yeah, no, and He's that funny. was that was really surprising for me was I was like, okay, like, Way to go, Chris Hemsworth. I've only ever seen you. It's kind of like when everybody found out that, like, Channing Tatum and, like, Ryan Reynolds were, like, actually funny. Yeah. And, like, not just, like, they were typecast into that, like, like beefy, sexy guy, yeah. like, whatever type of role. And then, like, Channing Tatum got 21 Jump Street and Ryan Reynolds did, like, Deadpool. And everyone's like, wow, you guys are, like, actually funny. Like, mm-hmm. that's really funny. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to give it to Thor on that one. Um but Great. I don't really think. I mean, Spider Man was good too. Spider Man yeah. actually, I'm not a huge Spider fan. Like meh. I feel like like if if we got another Uncle Ben origin exactly, death story, yeah. I just would have ripped through the screen and killed Uncle Ben myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did well. They did yeah. good by it. 2017, honestly, it was a good year for superhero movies. Even like the bad ones were watchable. Not bad. Yeah, yeah like, they like weren't bad. Like so. as much as I rag on DC, Justice League was it was fine. I liked enough of it to say it's one of the better DC movies. Wonder Woman obviously was amazing. Yeah, knock it out of the park. Guardians was fine. I know you didn't like it. It but was, but it was one of those movies where it was like, that was okay. Yeah. Like I wasn't thrilled by it, but like I didn't walk out of there feeling like I completely wasted my ten dollars. Like, we didn't so. have like a fan four stick or a Suicide Squad that was just like offensively bad this year. Right. So good stuff. Right. Um, good work moving on <laughs> to the good stuff. Best original movie. Best original. Um, nothing to do really with comics or yeah, preconceived there's like no any franchise. type of source material. It's not a sequel or anything. So I said Logan Lucky. It's like another uh, heist type film. It had, uh, speaking of which, Channing Tatum's in it. Adam Driver, uh, Daniel Craig. Weirdly. Yeah, I heard. I heard that he was like electric in it's that movie. Really? Yeah, it's like super funny, and it's like a heist film set in like the South with like NASCAR. And uh, Channing Tatum and Adam Driver are brothers, and they're kind of like down on their luck, and there's like this family curse they think. So they decide to rob a NASCAR speedway with the help of a guy named Joe Bang, who was played by Daniel Craig, and he's in prison. And he's just like... That already sounds just like a cartoon. Yeah, like it's a... like a Steven Soderbergh film. It's like super wild and zany. And like there's the, there's a scene, I've talked about it before, where they're in the... Because they're using like the pneumatic tubes to like transport the money. That, right. Like, and Daniel Craig is sending like a bomb through it because he's good at like blowing up vaults and stuff. You know, with a last name like Bang, yeah. you can only imagine. So they're and they all have like these goofy southern accents. So Adam Driver's like, Do you really know how to do this? And Daniel Craig kinda looks at him and then it cuts to him doing this like super complicated math problem in chalk on the wall next to the tubes. Like, well, you do this and this and this and this and it's gonna work, all right? 
It's just super funny, and it was really good. And that's still yeah. one movie that like I regret not seeing it in theaters. I would, yeah, because I did. There was another one of those things like Baby Driver, where it was like I heard from just like miscellaneous friends who were like, "Ah, it was actually like pretty good." Like I didn't know what to expect walking in, and then walking out of there, I was like, "That was pretty cool." Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was just like I just never got around to it. So I know that that is like. MLK Day, three-day weekend, like, I'm stocking up on a couple different movies. It's yeah. like making a gallon of hot cocoa and it's going through films that I didn't get to see last right. year. I cannot recommend it enough. It's really good. So my best original movie, I'm actually taking a step way back from what we usually uh, cover and talk about. So on top of being a huge comic book person, on top of being a huge nerd, I'm also a huge, huge, um, like, art buff, like, in the sense that just, like, art appreciation, I love going to museums. My mother, like, collects, like, I don't want to say, like, knockoff works, but that's kind of what they are. They're obviously not the original. We are not rich by any <laughs> means. But um, so there is a movie that came out a little while ago. Uh, it's called Loving Vincent. It okay. is uh, a biopic about Vincent Van Gogh, um, the painter, and it's told in stop motion in paintings. Oh, wow. In exactly like Van Gogh's style. Hmm. So it follows um, a postman's son who is supposed to deliver a letter. This takes place one year after Vincent Van Gogh's suicide. Spoiler alert. Vincent Van Gogh killed himself. <laughs> in the real world. In the real world a number of years ago. But it um, it is follows this postmaster's son who has to deliver a letter. They're cleaning out, like the village is cleaning out Vincent Van Gogh's apartment. One year after his suicide, they find a letter addressed to Theo Van Gogh, who is Vincent's brother. And the postmaster tells his young son, like, hey, go and find Theo Van Gogh. His address is written on here, blah, blah, blah. So he goes. He goes to the house. Theo Van Gogh has since moved out. Um, but his widow, um, Theo Van Gogh died of, like, natural causes or something like that. Um, but his widow um, says, like, oh, hey. Like, nobody really knows where his widow lives, but they know where Vincent's friend and his doctor uh, Dr. Gachet, who treated or helped to treat his mental illness, who's also a friend of his. Um, they know where he lives. And it's this guy, the postmaster's son, going from being this kind of ambivalent sort of like, oh, Vincent Van Gogh. He was just the crazy guy that lived on the outskirts of town and liked to paint to like really wanting to track down and like learn more about Vincent and then coming mm-hmm. to realize like what a misunderstood soul he was. And it's absolutely gorgeous because they actually have like a cast like – Daniel Booth, uh, Sorcy Ronan, um, I'm blanking. The lady who plays Aunt Paul from Peaky Blinders is in it. Um, the guy who plays Brom from Game of Thrones is in it. Um, and uh, a couple of other people. You physically see them in the paintings. Like, they did stop-motion paintings for all oh, of wow. these actors. That's cool. And, like, seeing them brought to life, it was absolutely gorgeous. Um I don't know if it's slated for, like, a wide release this coming year because I know a couple of uh, Golden Globes films that were, like, small releases that weren't very big, um, such as, like, Call Me By Your Name or um, I think Shape of Water is getting, like, a nationwide release as well, um, which is the Guillermo del Toro flick of the mute woman who falls in love with the fish man. Um, Yeah, no, I think it's slated for, like, a wide release this year, but... Absolutely gorgeous. If you have a chance, go see it. Go check out a trailer. Um, even if you're not big into art, uh, again, mentioned him three times on this podcast, I drug my boyfriend to go see it because <laughs> I wanted to see it since I heard about it. And he's just kind of like, oh, you know, art's nice. But even he walked out of there, he was like, that was amazing. Like, I'm so glad that you took me to that. So go see it. Loving Vincent. I will shout it from the rooftops that honestly – uh, if this wasn't a nerd podcast, would have probably been my favorite film of like 2017. Um, but with every best, there has to be a worst. Yep. So we move into worst CGI. Um, what do you got for us? There were there were a few examples. Uh, I had to go with the old the old standby Henry Cavill's mustache in Justice League because it's noticeable and it's bad. <laughs> And it takes you out of what's otherwise a good Superman performance. Because I liked Superman in this, but that mustache is real bad. <laughs> mustache is real, real bad. Oh, God. I can't wait for, like, in 10 years, the, the movie that's going to come out about the legal battle. <laughs> it's going to be called The Mustache. The Stash. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good stuff. 
Oh, God. Worst CGI. I honestly... I'm trying to think, really. I think probably in that same vein, I know I was going to say something about Power Rangers initially, but I'm actually going to save it for our coming up category. Um, I think for worst CGI, also in the vein of Justice League, um, Sirian Hines is Steppenwolf. His, mm-hmm. like, face kind of threw me out of it because it was, like, you had these, like, massive horns and he was just this, like, gray, not blob, blob-looking character, but then, like, a very, like, Syrian Hines face. And yeah. I was just kind of, like, just, eh. Yeah. Like, I would stare at him and be like, eh. It's the same, like, this, I mean, I know it hasn't come out yet, but I, I feel the same way about Thanos, Thanos. Okay. Um... Thanos, sorry, I went to school with a kid named Thanos, actually. Okay. Uh, but Was no, he a giant purple alien? He was not a giant purple alien. Okay. He was a small Greek kid. Okay. But, <laughs> um, Thanos, I, I, saw, I saw a thing on Twitter where it was comparing him to, uh, he looks like the guy, uh, Jesus, what's that one? Uh, they, they buy. There's a lot of memes of it. It's like Homer Simpson, the guy from Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars. Okay. Pawn Stars is what it was. Where it was like, oh, get that Infinity Gauntlet. I'll give you a 450 for it. And <laughs> I know like, a guy. I can't stop thinking of that. Like every time I see like, oh, like new Infinity Wars, whatever, whatever. And I just see oh, there, Pawn there's Stars. There's Rick Harrison. <laughs> and I was like, there you are. We spent like 14 movies yeah. and billions of dollars to lead up to the villain being a Pawn Stars remake ripoff. I like, kind of don't like the Russo brothers' explanation of that. It's like, oh, well, he's getting more Infinity Stones and he's becoming stronger and stronger, so he doesn't need the armor. But the armor makes him look cooler. Yeah. And it, and it hides his big purple egg dome. He's just purple noggin that yeah. just takes me out of it. So, he looks like he legit looks like a runaway thumb person from the first Spy <laughs> Kids movie. <laughs> it just makes me so mad. I know that hasn't come out yet, but I'm I just had to. I, I'm going to see it as well, but I'm not going to be able it's to like take that egg. seriously. Just, yeah, the egg. Um, But so in that same vein. Uh, I ripped on Steppenwolf for this one. You're going to rip on Steppenwolf for our next category. Worst giant gray CGI villain. Yeah, so we had a few contenders this year. We had Ares from Wonder Woman. We had Steppenwolf. Megatron was also in there. Uh, The guy in Pirates of the Caribbean is kind of gray. What's his name? I didn't even see that movie. Uh, Salazar, Captain Salazar. uh, Javier Bardem, his character. He has like a weird gray CGI thing about him. But the winner is Steppenwolf. Because Ares at least had Professor Lupin in his gray armor with his little mustache. And I didn't see Transformers. So, Steppenwolf, you win. Congratulations. For mine, (laughs) he's not gray, but he is gold. And so, it still fits with that GGV, giant G-related color villain. He's a giant CGI villain. Yes. Um, Goldar from (laughs) Power Rangers. Okay, for those of you who are tuning into the podcast for the first time, for those of you who have been a fan of the podcast for a while, you will learn... I am a massive Power Rangers fan for reasons unbeknownst to everybody in my life. I love Power Rangers. I have a number of Power Rangers t-shirts. I was a Power Ranger as a child. I still, as an adult, will sometimes, if I'm home alone, just put on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as, like, background noise. Because, like, meh, I don't want to just sit in a quiet apartment by myself. Like, so, Power Rangers, I kind of knew it was going to be a little bit of a train wreck. Uh, when I first heard about it, didn't get a chance to see it because I was in Russia. Uh, eventually watched it uh, a little while ago with uh, another podcaster, uh, Mitchell Kokolka, who does moving pictures uh, with Brent Gunn. Um, but yeah, no, saw it was like, this is bad, but it's like cheesy, corny bad in the same vein that like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is. So it's like, okay, like I can deal with this. Um, but yeah, no, my biggest thing was Rita Repulsa being this just like weird, like slimy, like fish dumpster woman. Yeah. And Goldar, who was like, I always thought Goldar in the original show was like kind of cute. For those of you who don't know, um, there's a number of Rita Repulsa's little villain, she like villain gang that she sends down to like fight uh, the Angel Grove teens. There's Goldar. Um, there's Babu. Uh, there's, I'm trying to think, 
Fenster or Finster is her little monster maker, so he doesn't really go down and fight. But anyways, Goldar is this like kind of like wolf creature with golden armor and uh, like a giant golden headdress. And I don't know, I guess maybe the like giant wolf person isn't that scary. So they made him like this like just giant golden anthropom like not even anthropomorphic, just this giant golden statue. Yeah. Kind of look like an H and M mannequin. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh. This doesn't do anything for me. And also just the CGI just round the clock and in the that movie. And the fight wasn't that great no, either, it was, until it was like a Megazord, and then they actually got to punch it. But before that, it was just like, meh. Meh. Also, Brian Cranston's big gray face, I guess, in Oh, that yeah, one. another another big gray hulking another person. Another big gray person where I was like, Brian Cranston, what? <laughs> and then I was like, you're stupid in this movie, and I hate you, Zordon. It's because he played all the monsters in the old show. So they were like, you want a part in the new movie? He's like, sure. So Fair he's enough. But yeah, I don't know. Was ambivalent. Did Still you, will did watch you that. Like, did you like the Zord scene when they were running across the nondescript landscape? It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't long enough. I wanted like I was looking forward to like the original series where like they had that like really long like guitar solo where they're like putting together all yeah. of the like creatures or all of the Zords into the Megazord, and I didn't get that so allegedly there's going to be a second one because the post credit scene alluded to the fact that they were going to bring the the actual Green Ranger yeah. uh, back. So fingers crossed slash not fingers crossed <laughs> because it's one of those guilty pleasure movies where I was like, this is a train wreck, but it's my train wreck. <laughs> so meh, maybe that might lead into your next uh, category that you picked, the Time to Stop yep, Awards. It's- as, as our Lord and Savior Filthy Frank once said, it's time to stop. It's time to stop. Yeah. Which also, do you know that he stopped yeah, making he w- stuff? Yeah, he's going into the rap game now. Yep, Joji. So, I did not actually know that he was a rapper until he showed up on my recommended for you Spotify. <laughs> and I was like, who's this Joji? And then I was like, oh my God, it's a pink guy. <laughs> so, but so, um, time to stop awards. This is going to go to franchises that need to stop making movies because they're bad. So you got your Transformers. You got your Pirates of the Caribbean. Your dark universe that's probably dead now because their studio is, like, empty. Like, the mummy and all that. That's that's not going to keep continuing. But I picked Transformers because Transformers 5 is just bad. And Mark Wahlberg in it is bad. And somehow they got Anthony Hopkins in it. Wait, they did? Yeah. I, even, I didn't even see it. And I didn't even bother. But yeah. Jesus, how the mighty have fallen. It's just... It's just, like, you don't even see the robots transform. Like, I haven't seen the movie, but, like, enough clips on YouTube of people ragging on it. Like, there's a big cloud of dusk dust and you hear the like the transforming noise and the red and blue truck just like floors it out of the dust cloud it's like you the, the reason I want to see the robots do things the That's reason, the whole reason why I'm giving you my money right the reason that the first Transformers was cool is because we got to see a Camaro go from a Camaro to a robot and it showed all the parts moving and you're like wow it's really neat and then now in movie number five it's so bad that they won't even show it on screen with like your flagship character that people are coming back for like Prime's not going to transform on screen. He's just going to drive out of a dust cloud. So boo Transformers, Michael Bay, you need to stop. You need to go away. I'm going to say my next one with a caveat because I am a huge fan of the series. Okay. Um, I'm going to say until they get a direction or an idea of what's going on, the Alien franchise. Okay. I saw Covenant. Um, I didn't think it was horrible. I thought it was all right. The last movie I thought was... All right. And like, that's kind of my problem is um, it's slowly picking itself up out of a, uh, I don't even know what you want to say, a slump that was left. So you have your alien, aliens, uh, alien three was really weird. Um, uh, the video game franchises were pretty good, especially uh, the most recent one, uh, Isolation. Yeah, where you have to hide. Yup. Um, but. I don't know. I think because this is now like, oh, this is how like we ended up with xenomorphs, and this is how mm-hmm. like we ended up with uh, the face huggers and all this other stuff like that. And so they're trying to take you to like the before time, but it doesn't really seem like there's any like set flow no. to it. Um, doesn't really seem like like there's any real. It's like direction. Well, uh, well who who makes these? Ripley Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. He was in an interview and he was like, in the next one, we're going to go more into like the dangers of AI and less like alien stuff. But they're making movies that are going toward the first alien film. So why would that make sense? And why would you do that? I mean, I do agree with that, though, because of the fact that 
um, you know, they are in the very first movie um, betrayed by an AI, um, mm-hmm. the whole crew with the fact that the AI knows um, that mother has told them to uh, make sure that they pick up or go down and check out this distress beacon, uh, interact with the face hugger, see what happens, see what happens from the xenomorph, um, see how the humans react to it. It's a big just like study. And so I get where he's going from with that. But just like the whole idea of like the the weird, handsome Squidward looking creatures that mm. like were the reason why that we have uh, the xenomorphs and meh. And one was eh. Jesus, apparently. One was Jesus. <laughs> eh. I don't know. It's just my whole problem behind all of this is the fact that, like, in every movie, it's solved virtually the same way of, like, let's shoot it out of an airlock. And yeah. it's like, God damn it. It's like, okay, I guess. Did you hear again. Did you hear that um, Neil Blomkamp or whatever, however you say his Blomkamp? last name? Blomkamp? Yeah, he did District 9 yeah. and Chappie and all those. He was going to do... Another alien movie that like retconned the weird ones after aliens, like three and four. Oh, Christ, God bless. And like that started like being worked on and then it got shut down. Okay. But I say give that guy a movie. Like he has this studio that like makes like 30, 40 minute movies on YouTube and they're just like short sci fi films and they're like, they're really good. And it's like kind of low budget, but it also looks just looks good Mm -hmm. there's one about like it's set in vietnam and there's like an alien type creature and they send in like a seal team and c and cia dudes to find out what it is and it's like a big government secret that they're trying to make super soldiers or something like that it's been a while but i don't remember the name of the studio but like just search like neil blomkamp like short film on youtube and there's like five or six of them and they're all Hmm. really good so like he's proven that he can do this solid sci-fi stuff with like a small budget imagine now yeah, give him an alien. Budget. Now give him a massive budget and an alien film. It'd be amazing. I mean, even if people are like tentative about having somebody other than Scott touch that franchise, um, honestly, even just like a in the same universe but like spinoff type of thing, mm-hmm. I would stand for. Of like, I don't know. I know in canon that Ripley has a daughter. Like we see her in the games. We understand that like isolation deals with her having to deal with the xenomorph on her own. Yeah. Um, even something like that, I would be very much so down for. I'm a huge fan of the Alien series, but until they get their, get all their stuff together, get it all together, put it in a box, um, get an idea about it, I don't know, maybe just stop for a while yeah. until you have a clear set direction. Just take a breather. Just take a breather. Yeah, yeah, sit this one out. Just sit it out. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> But we're going to wrap up our awards with um, the most edgiest fan base. Yep. I liked this idea that you had. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term edgiest fan base, edgiest being people who just try a little too hard to either defend what they're passionate about, which we get it. If you like something, you like it. Be unabashed about it. You know, I like Power Rangers and it's awful, mm-hmm. but... I'm aware of that. Yep. There are certain people who are not aware of, you know, the fact that maybe, maybe their stuff They're has don't... some bad points yeah. to it. So uh, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world, but uh, chill out a little, man. So mine is, I'm just going to combine these into fan people that are fans of things because they think that they're really smart. So like your Rick and Morty and like your DCEU films, like, the, the fans of those franchises that I'm talking about watch those things t- as good or as bad as they are, and then they see something in them that, like, re- it's, like, represent, it's got some kind of allegory to it, or it's, like, a deeper meaning, and then they think because they understand that, that it's, A, it's somehow good, and B, somehow they're smarter because of it, and then they, like, look down on everybody else that has, like, criticisms or just doesn't like it. So if I were to say, I don't like BVS, I think... A lot of things are shoehorned in to catch up with Marvel. I think Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor is real bad. I think the Martha scene's real bad. And they go, yeah, well, Superman's a Christ allegory, and there's um, L- uh, connections to like Arthurian legend and stuff, and you're just an idiot and you don't understand it. I don't care about that. It doesn't make the film good. So people like that, get out of here. Same with Rick and Morty. 
everyone's seen that like long copy pasta. Like to be fair, you have to have a really high IQ to understand Rick and Morty because it's nihilistic honest, and blah blah blah. Honest to God, that's like one of like there are several like copy pastas that get me every time. Where every time I see it, no matter like how many times I've seen it, I will like chuckle a little. Mm-hmm. Like the Seal Team Six copy yep. pasta. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> um, I laugh at that every time. I laugh at that Rick and Morty copy pasta. Every mm. single time. It's so funny. But yeah, no, I would, I'm not, not to step on your toes here because they are my yeah. edgiest fan awards. Um, if you like something, and everybody's gone through a cringe phase, okay? Mm-hmm. I was a teen emo. I know all about cringe phases. I liked Pokemon too much. Yeah, listen, hey, we were all there. <laughs> so everybody's had a cringe phase. There's nothing wrong with really, really liking something. But there also comes a point in time when, like, as an adult, and, and I'm a little more lax on teenagers because they're still, like, trying to, like, find themselves. And I understand how, like, weird I was as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Like, so teenage fans kind of get a pass on this. But, like, you're 20-something-year-old, like, adult, like, college. Getting into arguments like, on Twitter. 30-something-year-old. Like, yeah, like, there comes a point in time when you have to take a look at yourself, no matter what you like, no matter what you are liking, and just kind of, like, evaluate, like, is this my whole personality? Yeah. Like, is liking Rick and Morty my entire, like, personhood? And if so, that's sad. And maybe step away from the internet for a little bit. Yeah. Or at least your television sets. Um, The whole Szechuan sauce thing. Ugh. That was cringe to the utmost degree. Um. Honestly, yeah. I think that speaks for itself. For those um, of you who don't know, Rick and Morty made yeah. a gag. Uh, their very first episode, which uh, dropped as a teaser on St. Patrick's Day, right? April Fool's. April Fool's. That's right. I'm sorry. Um, it dropped on April Fool's, the first episode of the season did, um, where they talked about McDonald's Szechuan sauce, which was a funny little gag in the moment. A one-line of, thing that never came up again. Yeah, that uh, Rick was obsessed with. Um, in his perfect world, McDonald's served Szechuan sauce, which was a real thing that McDonald's did to promote uh, Mulan. Uh, in the 90s when Mulan came out, um, it was like a dipping sauce. It was like barbecue and like honey and some like other stuff. Anyways, yeah. it was like a different type of dipping sauce. Apparently it was really good. I've still never had it, namely because I don't eat meat, so I have nothing to dip it in. Um, but so McDonald's brought it back because Rick and Morty made such a big deal out of it. And everybody was like, is this Szechuan sauce really all that good? So they brought it back and people lost their minds. People lost their minds. People were like, rioting in front of McDonald's. Police were called. Yeah, legit police were called. And, like, there's no need for that. There's no need. There's no... I guess I would... Yeah, I guess I would even put the whole, like, the Snyderverse thing that you just told me about, about the people picketing outside of WB saying, like, release the Snyder cut of uh, BVS... or Not BVS. Justice Justice League. League. Um, If it's there, they'll do it. If it's not... Why are you dressing up in costume, yeah. like, going outside? I don't know. I go to cons. I dress up. I yeah. cosplay. You know, I'm going to be 22 in February. Like, there's a time and a place for those things. And it's not a weekday out front of the Warner Brothers <laughs> Studios, yeah. you know, in January. It's just not. So, for all of you out there who uh, are very big fans of things, I'm really glad that you found something yeah. that, like, really resonates with you, really speaks with you. But, like... Also, remember how to be a human being yeah. on top of it. Like, you you can like these things, and, like, it's cool. To, it's, like, fun to analyze things because I actually find the things that Snyder sneaks into his films, like, it's interesting. That said, I still don't think BVS is a good movie. Again, it's interesting that, like, there's stuff about King Arthur in there, but I don't care. Like, we can talk about it, but it's not going to change my opinion on the movie. And it doesn't make you better than like, another like person what, for yeah, liking it. Thank you. That's, yeah. that's the part I think that gets me the most is when people have this, like, superiority complex about yeah. what they perceive as good. And if you don't perceive it as good, then you're just, like, inept or, like, you just don't get it because you're stupider than me or something yeah. like that. Like so. what you like. Don't be a jerk about it. Move on. It's pretty much the golden rule for anything. Yeah. As long as it doesn't hurt me or other people. As long as what you like doesn't hurt other people. Yeah. You're, you're just, good. Just do you. Typically. 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 So... But we're going to wrap this up um, with our typical reading, watching, playing recommendations. Um, I've talked a lot. Steve, what are you reading, watching, or playing? So with it, with us just getting back from winter break, I watched a few things. So I'll just go through them real quick. I watched Greatest Showman a couple times with Hugh Jackman. It's pretty good. I read The Unworthy Thor, an issue of that. That was good. It's, a, it's one of the versions of Thor where he lost Mjolnir, and he hangs out with, like, Beta Ray Bill. And he has a goat, like, in Norse mythology, so that was kind of cool. And he has this cool axe, 
and he's trying to find like another Mjolnir from like another Thor because all the Marvel universes did right. the whole thing. And I also the other day I started watching the new season of Black Mirror. And no, it was spoilers. Good. no spoilers. No spoilers. I just recently started repaying my Netflix subscription, <laughs> so I have not gotten a chance to to delve into that. I'm in the um, middle of like the Star Trek one. It's pretty. I good. heard that one is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty I heard crazy. that one is nuts, and I'm super excited for it because that actually is my tonight plans: is to mm-hmm. go home, make a big old bowl of spaghetti squash, and watch a couple episodes of Black Mirror. Um, most recently. Um, and I guess this is another honorable mention for me that didn't I didn't get to sneak in with films because I thought it was really good. Um, but I am reading actually Stephen King's It right now. Okay. Uh, I'm about 400 pages into it, uh, and it just has me like by the throat. It's such a like for as thick of a book as it is. Um, and I'm a person that really likes like character driven stories. Um, I'm a not a very big like. Oh, like the end goal is to slay the dragon and save the princess. Like I like learning about like what motivates characters and like what makes them tick and who they are as people. Mm -hmm. And I really like world building where I like to understand like the world that my characters like operate and live in um, and like how it impacts what they do. Um, So it it has been really, really good so far. Uh, That's been great. Um, And I also just recently um, on that nostalgia kick started replaying the Halo series. All right. Um, so my boyfriend and I just recently restarted playing Halo 3. Um, we're about halfway through that right now. So good. So, yeah. The story Um, in that one's the best, I think. Really, honestly, like, it is, I, when I first played through Halo when I was younger, I never really, like, paid attention to the storyline. It was more of just, like, skip the cutscenes, let me shoot things, where's my needler, I want the plasma sword. (laughs) Um, but, like, now I'm really kind of like, oh, okay, like, this is interesting, like, I... I am enjoying this. I am appreciating the storyline of this. And the flood is just as creepy as I remember them as Mm. a child. The flood gave me nightmares as a little kid. And honestly, they're still just as gross now at 21 years old. So, but if you've never played Halo or if you're like me and you never actually finished the series, like I kind of gave up after two and was like, meh. And then they just kept coming off with all these spinoffs. And I was like, I don't know where these slot into the series. So I'm just kind of going to. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, give it a go. Stephen King's It, great. If you don't have time to read an 800-page book, the movie is actually pretty good. Yeah, the movie's good. Uh, the movie I was a very big fan of, um, and I'm not a huge fan of a lot of Stephen King adaptations just because he puts so much in his books that there just isn't enough room. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that I will rip The Shining to shreds. I hate that movie. Oh, yeah. But the book is fantastic. Um Green Mile movie, I will give you, actually, is really good and really true to form to the book. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's different. It takes its own little spinoff on things, but the kids are fantastic in that film. Um, they're pretty true to form to their characters in the book, and I can't wait to see It Chapter 2 yeah. pan out, uh, which I think is supposed to drop in 2019 or 2020, so. one yeah, of the two. Lost, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have a chance and you're looking to get a little creeped out over uh, your three-day-long weekend uh, coming up, it it is great. So uh, to wrap that all up, that is our first back episode of the semester. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Raving Geeks or on Twitter at they're at Raving Geeks. Uh, where else can they find us, Steve? You can find us on iTunes at Central Michigan Life Podcasts, and you can find us on cm-life.com with all of the other podcasts that we do. And we're actually going to be on Moving Pictures. Yep, we are doing a special edition of Moving Pictures with Mitchell Kokolka and Brent Gunn. Um, we'll be taking a look at uh, the best and worst in cinema, I believe. Uh, I believe yeah. Or it might just be our top three of the year. I think just year. best, yeah, because yeah. it's going to be a little bit closer to Oscar season. So at that point, I'll have a better review of Logan for you. I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and you will get to hear me wax a little more poetic about loving Vincent. But, yeah, check us out there. Uh, We will keep you guys posted on that. But until next time, same bat time, same bat channel.